T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. So glad to have you on this Wednesday. If you miss any part of the show, Maggie and Perloff podcast is right there for you. Our interview with Jessica Mendoza, where she says the San Francisco Giants are the front runners to land Aaron Judge. She also gave a little love to Perloff's Philadelphia Phillies, who are going to be in the World Series starting on Friday. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Uh, the <laughs> yeah. Phillies are going to be in the World Series, well, which shut up is a good, uh, good segue. Yeah, it is a good segue. I do this for a living. Our next guest, Ben Solak from The Ringer. He's got a new podcast with our friend Shil Kapadia, Philly special, all things Philly sports. But we're going to hit a lot of stuff with wait, you. Wait, wait, Maggie, ben, you, thanks you so sh- much. Wait, are you sure, Maggie, you don't want to go to the vending machine or something? Take a break <laughs> because this is just going to be a love fest. The Eagles just trade for Robert Quinn. They're six and zero. The Phillies are in the World Series. You're a Mets fan. I mean, me and Ben, we just speak a different <laughs> language of winning here. Yeah, this is why I have to stay here right now to make sure this interview isn't just about where to get the best cheesesteak. Hey, Ben, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. Philly sports dominating the news cycle nice and nice and tidy for me, so I'm having a good day. I know. Lucky us. We get you today where you have the new podcast called Philly Special. Fantastic. It's on Spotify. We suggest everybody go and download it. Now, before we can get into a Philly love fest, though, we've got some more pressing matters. And specifically tomorrow night's game with the Bucks and the Ravens. I'm sorry. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers, actually. Pardon me. Let me backtrack. We've been talking a lot about Aaron Rodgers, Ben, and everything on the field and off the field as well. We'll ask you, how much blame does Aaron Rodgers deserve for how dysfunctional the Packers offense has looked? The lion's share. Not all of it, uh, but but certainly the plurality of it. There's a lot of blame to go around a lot of different spots. Uh, front office hasn't done a good job managing the roster over the last couple of years, and, you know, Offensive coaching staff, they had a brain drain. You know, you lost Luke Getze, you lost Nathaniel Hackett, so they've had some guys depart. That's something to deal with. But some of the personnel issues can also be traced back to Rodgers. Like, when we talk about why Devontae Adams isn't a Packer anymore, we have to remember that Adams himself said, you know, I I wasn't super sure that my starting quarterback was going to be here long-term because Rodgers has been kind of doing the will I, won't I retire, maybe I'll ask you to trade me thing for the past couple of off-seasons. And so, you know, the Packers should have done everything they could to keep Devontae, and I'm sure they tried. But one of the reasons why Devontae was open to other places is because of the way that Rodgers has kind of run his business very publicly over the last couple of years. And, you know, Rodgers has fought for and won more influence over the front office, who gets brought in, what players are used over the last couple of years. Like, if Rodgers doesn't like his receiving core right now, well, Randall Cobb's there. You know why Randall Cobb's there? Because Aaron Rodgers wanted him there. Uh, So there are players that are and aren't on Green Bay that have a lot to do with Rodgers. 
when you turn on the film, uh, Rodgers is not playing very well. He's still playing quite well. He's an ex-MVP, back-to-back MVP, still a good quarterback in the league, but he's certainly not playing to the caliber of which he was playing in seasons past. Uh, some of that has to do with frustration. Some of that has to do with injuries off the line, stuff that's outside of his control. Uh, but in general, he looks a little bit older, and he looks like he doesn't like the way the offense runs. And he's kind of protesting uh, the state of the offense while he's out there, throwing the ball super quick, getting into somebody else's hands, kind of like making getting yards somebody else's problem. That with the, the, off, the, uh, the you know, weak nonsense, kind of the hopping on the Pat McAfee show and saying that people need their reps cut, they're not playing well, like, that doesn't smell good. I don't, I, I don't see how that plays well in the locker room. So, to me, Rodgers deserves the lion's share of the, of the blame for how the, the Packers' offense looks. Okay, same question for Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Who gets the blame there for their, I'd say, offensive ineptitude of late? Yeah. I, the, to me, the, the lion's share goes to Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator there. Uh, Leftwich is a guy who got head coaching uh, discussions and designs over the course of the last offseason, understandably so, because the Bucks' offense ran really well with him in the last couple of years. If there was a complaint to be had with the Bucks' offense, it was that they ran the ball too much on early downs. They really felt they had to run the ball to set up the play-action pass, which is not really something you have to do if you look at it from like a data perspective. But coaches really feel like it's an important part of the offense, and I understand why. It's understandable. But he you know, ran the ball a lot on first down, and they would get four yards with Leonard Fournette. Like, all right, that's fine. That's nice. But you should probably let Brady throw it a little more. This year, they can't get those four yards in the running game. First and 10, they're going to hand the football off. They have a really rough interior offensive line because of the departures, right? Uh, uh, Alex Kappa departed, Ali Marpet retired, Ryan Jensen injured. And the rookies that he got in, you know, the young guys, Robert Hainsey, Luke Gadecki, just simply not playing well, right? Sometimes your backups step in and you're okay. That's not the case. They've been really, really, really liable, left guard and center. Yet they still continue to run the ball. And when they hand it to Fournette, Fournette doesn't look as good as he has in years past. Looks a little bit heavy, looks a little bit sluggish, doesn't look as strong as he used to. So now they're handing the ball off, and they're not getting four yards on first down. They get one yard, two yards on first down. They're moving behind the stick. This would be okay if you had good wide receiver health and if you had good pass protection and Brady could save you the way he has in years past, but you don't. You're giving up quick pressure, and you've had wide receivers in and out of the lineup. Hopefully, the Bucks see this and change things. But the way Byron Leftwich talked about it, it doesn't seem like he's going to change his approach. They're going to continue running the ball into a brick wall early in the down. I think Brady still looks solid. He doesn't look great. He looks solid. The arm is still fine. It's not like he's falling off a cliff. I think that the Bucks need to do some soul-searching regarding how they run this offense. If they keep trying to live as like a first-and-ten run between the tackles team, they're going to keep finding themselves behind the sticks, and that's just not a winning formula playing football. Ben Solek is our guest. Of course, he's from The Ringer. He's also got a new podcast with Shield Kapadia. It's called Philly Special. You can find it on Spotify. Okay, let's play a little game. We did this with Shield a little while ago, Ben, uh, with some different categories. The questions are simple. The answers, we're not so sure. The question is, are they good? And then we're going to ask you the question. (laughs) Okay. So for a couple teams, then for a couple individual players, we'll start with teams. Are they good? The Baltimore Ravens. Yes. Uh, Baltimore has lost three games this year. In the three games they've lost, they've been, trail- uh, they've been trailing for like a total of 12 minutes, right? Like they lost that the game to the Bills, where the Bills took the lead with one second left. They lost the game to the Dolphins, where the Dolphins took the lead with literally 14 seconds left. They were controlling these games. They threw three quarters. The Ravens are like one of the best teams in the league by DVOA. And then they get to the fourth quarter, and stuff kind of falls apart. Some of this coaching decision. Some of it is regression, tiredness, some of it's injury luck in game. Most of it 
is just coin flips. It's just that the league sometimes makes you unlucky. And that's in the case of the Ravens. I'm very confident the Ravens are a good team. I think they're the best team in the AFC North. I think they're a legit AFC contender. All right, Los Angeles Chargers. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast yes (laughs) (laughs) you went up you went up with your voice when you go up an octave that's a tell yeah uh the chargers are good because they have too many star players to be bad most of those star players haven't played recently, right? No Keenan Allen, no Joey Bosa. We're going to lose Mike Williams for another four, four weeks. So with some of these absences, the Chargers haven't looked as good. J.C. Jackson, obviously, you know, out for the season, he wasn't even playing that well when he was playing. So I think the Chargers expect to get Bosa back. They expect to get Keenan Allen back. He certainly was back this past week. He just didn't play that well. He didn't have a high volume. doesn't seem 100%. Mike Williams, they expect to get back. So I think by the time we get to the end of the year, and all of the Chargers stars are playing, the Chargers will be as good as we expect. The Chargers should be, even with the injuries they've endured, much, much better than they are. But that's not the question. The question is good or bad. And I think the Chargers still come above the bar. Okay, we're with Ben Solak from The Ringer. He's got a new podcast with Shil Kapadia called Philly Special. You can download it on Spotify. Okay, one more team we're going to add than two players for you, Ben. The Dallas Cowboys, are they good? Good. Uh, Dallas's defense is really talented. They're diverse. They do a lot of stuff up stuff up front. They're going to be consistent. Getting Dak back is a, bit, a multi-week row. I think it wasn't perfect last week, but it's going to be okay. They're using Tony Pollard more. They're figuring out where to put C.D. Lamb. It was a weird start to the year, especially on offense with the Cooper Rush era, but the Cowboys are good, for sure. Okay, now we have a couple players specifically we want to ask Ben Solak. Same question. Are they good? Daniel Jones. No. Uh, Jones is being used better <laughs> this year than he has in seasons previous. His scramble rate is like twice that would have been in any single season previously. They're letting him run the ball. They're giving him a green light, right? As soon as he sees daylight, go. And they're doing that because he's not a very good passer, right? And so you only activate his legs. He's a big guy. He can open it up a little bit. He's got some speed. Use him to stress the defense out, play 11 on 11. They're very creative in how they run offense there in New York because their quarterback doesn't give them a lot. So they have to win around the margin. Okay. Geno Smith. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He went up again. Uh, Geno's playing very well. 
is Gino long-term confirmed good? I don't know just yet, um, but the way Gino is playing not only seems good, but also seems sustainable. He's making big boy throws. He's winning on third and long. He's winning out of empty. He's winning down the field, winning in the tight windows. Like, it's not the cupcake, you know, magic wand production we've seen from other quarterbacks in similar offenses, right? Like, you know, it, 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 is Gino good? It's similar to the, the Kirk Cousins good question. Like, Kirk Cousins' stats are always good. Is Kirk good? I don't know. <laughs> it, it, this offense makes it tough. Uh, but I think Gino is good. Certainly good enough to run this, you know, Shane Waldron play action under center, run, 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 play action pass offense. And that's all the Seahawks need right now. This is the one player who, when Perloff and I start talking about him, Ben, we call him the Bermuda Triangle because every time we start talking about him, just we get shipwrecked. You know, we just we always end up hanging on to a piece of driftwood in the middle of the ocean. Derek Carr. Yeah, no, I, I, when you were saying it, I figured, I, I was like, is that a Carr or cousin? Uh, the usual usual bar i think Derek carr is good uh Carr could be better much like the Chargers could be better if carr were willing to be aggressive Carr would be a better player but as it is carr is an accurate quarterback carr is a really smart quarterback gets you into a good luck and when carr does throw down the field it does look good he should do it more but he's able to access the deep parts of the field so he's pretty good that line was really bad to start the season and they're getting better and better week in and week out I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders are like a really persnickety team, a tough team to beat late in the season. Even if they're like the record's too bad at this point for them to be a legit playoff contender, I bet you the Raiders look pretty solid by the end of the year. Wait, we got to add persnickety now to yeah. our list of sad dad. Well, I don't know if you're a dad, Ben, but we, we called Perloff sad dad because he says words like fuddy duddy, and I think persnickety mm. goes in the category. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, a colorful vernacular is a fun thing to have as a, uh, as a, as a writer. So persnickety is a good one. Caddy <laughs> Wampus is, is, is one I've been working on recently. That's not a good sad, sad dad word. Wait, yeah. what is it again? Caddy Wampus. No, I I've don't never know that heard one. that one. Uh, vernacular yeah. is actually a sad dad word, too. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yes, vehicle is the ultimate so, sad dad. Uh, ben, just to go back a little on the time machine, when you were coming up with the idea for the Philly special podcast, did you and Shield tell Bill Simmons that the Phillies were going to be in the World Series? Was that all <laughs> part of the plan? Yeah, we just figured, hey, like, since Philly sports is going to have multiple championships this year, we might as well start covering them from the beginning. <laughs> uh, I mean, at the time, I was thinking, yeah, Sixers championship and Eagles championship. That was my plan. Uh, actually, we might have to make an about face really quick on that Sixers season uh, <laughs> and uh, head our bet somewhere else. But, I mean, this Eagles team is always going to be interesting. We thought they were going to be fun to cover. We thought they were going to be plucky. Uh, I don't think anybody saw 6-0 and coming. And with the way they've kind of loaded up on talent, the way they've integrated their free agents, like, this, every week that passes, this looks like a more and more legitimate contender, which is really cool to see. Ben, can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Ben Solak from The Ringer, new podcast Philly special with Shield Kapati. You can find it on Spotify. It's been fun, Ben. Hope to do it again soon. Thanks, Maggie. Thanks for a lot. Talk to you guys soon. Yep. Thanks for playing our game. Are they good? Are they good? You know, it's simple, <laughs> But accurate. Yeah. We ask ourselves these they're questions hard, all the time. They're hard ones. He was pretty pretty sure about Daniel Jones not being good, yep. which is sort of the big – it's becoming the big conversation. I think every, we're going to go week to week on this dude. Uh, <laughs> you know, basically like kind of like, <laughs> like we everyone. did. Like we did when the Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, Justin Fields, one game in the, in the fog in Foxborough, and yeah. everyone completely <laughs> changes their mind on three quarterbacks. I know. At one point there was footage that looked like maybe – Mac Jones's interception actually hit a wire on one of the Monday Night Football cameras that was flying over the field. Turns out the NFL said that was not the case. Yes, but 
Do we believe them? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do we ever believe the NFL? No. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, the, okay, so, so the game starts. We're psyched. Mac Jones is coming back. Then Bailey Zappi fills in for him, throws two touchdowns, and Bailey Zappi is the future. Then he stinks. Well, he threw two picks. And Justin Fields is setting historical lows in every possible passing category, and now he's good. So <laughs> I think this is he good or is he bad is such a week-to-week question in the NFL. And that was some good answers there from Ben Solak. So appreciate having him on again. If you miss any part of the Maggie and Perloff show, we've got a podcast. We've also have a YouTube channel. You can always go there, search out our names, and you can find all the best of the Maggie and Perloff show. Coming up, the most dangerous team in college football. It's not who you might think. We'll tell you next. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff straight ahead. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.